0: If you do, though, turn with me to 1 Timothy, chapter 1. 1 Timothy, chapter 1. If you've been with us over the last couple of months, then then we've gone down a road for a little while now. And uh, I think I want to finish things up, unless I'm wrong about that, then I'll change. But uh, we've been in this series this summer called Counted Faithful. And uh, I know the most faithful people come to church in the summer. <laughs> so to him who has, shall more be given. Amen? And, uh, but I'm encouraging you and challenging you along these lines so we can up our game. Uh, so that we can more accurately reflect the faithfulness of God in our own lives. Um, there's much benefit to that, of course. And, and and I say there's benefit to us, but there's benefit to the kingdom because God needs faithful people. He needs individuals He can count on. They're reliable. They're loyal. They're trustworthy, right? Uh, they take what He says seriously. It's not just in one ear, out the other, just kind of you know, without giving it much attention, much weight paid to, given to it, you know. But we take very seriously everything that he tells us. Uh, the Lord can use people like that. Great things can happen. Amen. Here's what Paul said to Timothy about this matter. He said in, in 1 in verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he has counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. And so because Paul was counted, judged, considered a faithful person, God was able to elevate, promote, and put him in a place of usefulness. Likewise, it is still the same if you'll make yourself available to God. If you'll be one like Isaiah to say, here am I, send me. Uh, Availability and faithfulness, meaning you take serious uh, any directive, any any word from God, you take it very serious. That, see, you're setting yourself up to be important in God's kingdom. See, most of what we do on planet Earth, we're going to forget. It's not going to mean much in eternity. I mean, what what are we going to be talking about a thousand years from now? Probably not what we had for lunch today, <laughs> huh? You know, probably not a, a number of things but something that will resonate through et- through eternity is our obedience and faithfulness to God. When we made his plan our plan and when our our following of him and walking by faith resulted in other people receiving eternal life, that'll be celebrated forever. I'm never going to say stop saying thanks. <laughs> I'm never going to stop worshiping God because I've been redeemed and I got more than I deserved. Praise God. And so we want to be among those who the Lord counts faithful. And uh, and so we have that opportunity uh, now in this, li- in this time in this life. If you would, look also with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And uh, this is one of those verses that I, you know, it's one of the first things I looked up when starting the series. And it took eight parts to get to it. But we want to read this. This is pretty uh, uh, basic when it comes to this subject when you read the Scriptures. And it says in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ uh, and stewards of the mysteries of God. And, And so we shared with you last week the word steward we could probably replace with manager. We're basically saying it's God's stuff. It's God, in this case, His mysteries, His truth. Uh, We are the managers of these things. We're stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Okay, faithful. Not that it's a good idea if you'd be faithful. No, but if you're going to be given charge of God's good stuff his mysteries, his word, his life, healing and deliverance and victory and prosperity and joy and peace and salvation and eternal life. If you're going to be placed in charge of God's amazing things, this is required. You must be counted faithful. You must be a faithful person. Say, well, what if I'm, I'm not? Then he'll find someone else who will handle it in a proper way. But a faithful steward, then, is one who handles God's things God's way. Now, I want you to consider that because I want to give some attention to that line of thinking today as we we progress. We're not just talking about handling God's things anyway. Well, as long as I take care of God's stuff. No, no, no. As long as you handle it His way. Because we have this thing that works in us. You ever noticed it? We like our own way. We like to do it our way. We, we've we got a plan. We've got it figured it out. We've figured out. We've got our preferences. But a faithful steward handles God's things God's way. And we always need to be asking, Lord, you've given me gifts, money, a family, a position, influence, You've whatever. You've given me things. Am I doing it the way you want me to do it? Would you like me to handle this in any, any other way? I want to follow your instructions, and I know that in certain parts of life, there are freedom, uh, there is freedom for us to do things. Anyway, I mean, in other words, he he turned it over for us to choose. Don't get me wrong; that's that's real, but there are other parts of our lives that no, he didn't give us the option to just kind of formulate it in any old way that we desired, and our faithfulness is on the line in this regard. Um, I know uh, in in pastoring this church, I don't have the option just to do it my way because I'm in charge. I don't view it that way. Uh, uh, Someone said, well, why don't we, pastor, why don't we do such and such? And people have ideas, and I like ideas. I appreciate people who think and pray and plan and formulate ideas and so forth, but why don't we do it this way? I think we should have service at this time, and we should sing these songs, and we should do this and this. And and uh, well, um, if I can't even do it my own way, why would I do it your way? (laughs) You know, there's this idea that, you know, everyone's voice carries equal weight. No, God's voice is way heavier, (laughs) and it needs to be. What he says means so much more. Uh, You remember, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Not mine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, right? (laughs) How many remember that when we often speak about uh, the Lord, we talk about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven? Jesus used that language don't religiousize that too much. We might have trouble wrapping our minds around that because we do not live in a kingdom called America. We live in a democratic republic, right? We do not live in a kingdom. We don't have a king. So we sometimes think we all get a vote. Now, in, the th- in our country, we do. Thank, Thank you. That's good. Uh, but in God's kingdom, no, it's not a vote. He's king. And so what the king says goes. And if we are conditioned to just giving our opinion about everything, if we are conditioned to quickly disagreeing with everything, because that's the way we do it in our country right now, right? Everyone's mad about everything, and everyone feels a right to disagree and do it in public, and, you know, and if you have to hit someone in the process, do that. And it's, you know, sorry, I'm going down that path, but uh, it's kind of scary. It's kind of not, not good. But... We don't bring that attitude into the kingdom of God. It's not the Lord says something, Well, I don't agree with that, and I don't believe... No. This is a kingdom. Thank God our king is a good, good father. Amen. He's righteous, and he's loving, and he's kind. But he's still the boss. And so our faithfulness is revealed in handling his business, his stuff... His way. And that's the heart that we all need to approach him with. There's a guy, I know a guy, in the Old Testament named Moses. And something about Moses that was proclaimed and everyone knew, and it's in our scriptures multiple times, is that Moses was a faithful person. Uh, Numbers 12 7 reads, uh, Picking up in a sentence, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. That's the Lord talking about Moses. He is faithful in all my house. That scripture was quoted in the New Testament as well. Moses was a faithful person. Well, what did that look like in his life? How was? How did he handle things? Why was Moses called faithful? Uh, we've looked at Elisha and saw why he was and different people. Um, one of the Tasks that Moses was given was to build this thing called a tabernacle, all right? And Moses' assignment of building this tabernacle was kind of like God's mobile home, all right? Because the presence of God in those days did not dwell in people because people were spiritually dead, sinful. Uh, they had to be born again before God could move in right? Now we are the temple of the Spirit of God. In the old covenant, remember Solomon built his temple, and the presence of God would be there in the Holy of Holies. But before that was built, there was this tabernacle. And Moses was given very specific instructions as to the building and the architecture and decor of this tabernacle. It's very, very important. In fact, I'll read you a verse from Hebrews that describes what he did. It's Hebrews 8 and verse 5. It reads, Who served the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle, for he said, he is God here, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Everybody say, according. According. To the pattern. So Moses, when he was up on the mountain, and this is when he got the Ten Commandments and all kinds of things, he also was given instructions as to how to build this tabernacle. And one of the reasons it had to be perfect and it had to be exact is because it was a copy It was a duplicate of something that already existed in heaven. God made one in heaven, then he gave Moses the blueprints and the designs said make one just like it. The one on earth has to look exactly like the one in heaven. And the reason for that is because all this was preliminary setup, types and shadows for our redemption. They were instructed with uh, animal sacrifices in their day to cover the sins of the people. But they had to do everything very precise and very exact. And it ha- because um, uh, basically Jesus would come later to be the fulfillment of all those instructions and all those sacrifices. He was the final sacrifice. And then he went into heaven into that same thing and put his own blood on the mercy seat in heaven which forever sealed our redemption okay now this is very very important and people say well I don't really get all that and know why all that was necessary even if you don't know why it was all necessary because God did it that tells us it was necessary he's not just playing games and saying doesn't hey why don't that be cool if we made one like They were twins. (laughs) We could have two of these. It was very necessary, meaning this. If Moses didn't do it exactly right, I think maybe we wouldn't be saved today. It was all connected to Jesus fulfilling that in heaven. That's why. And if not, why did the Lord bother? Why don't you just make a a tent, make it mobile, put put wheels on it or something? Uh, You know, no, he, make it this way. Do it exactly like this. The reason, end result being that now we're saved. Now we're redeemed. But Moses was called faithful. Here's the point in just kind of giving you a little background there. Moses was called faithful because he did it exactly the way God said it to do. God said to do it. What if he hadn't? The consequences are probably bigger than what we realize. And I'm not implying that in our lives that our lack of faithfulness is going to disrupt redemption. Uh, I'm not building a tabernacle that, you know, something of that nature. But I do know this, that my attention to the details of whatever God tells me should be treated as just just as important. What might I be sacrificing by doing it my own way? I don't know the answer fully to that. But what might we miss out? With Moses, it was huge. And he was set up as an example. He's faithful in all my house. He did it the way I told him to do it. But now, we are often conditioned to doing things our own way. Well, I kind of like, I prefer... But could I do it? I'm glad Moses didn't have any ideas. I'm glad Moses didn't make any upgrades. Hey, Lord, uh, you had me make the tabernacle. By the way, uh, it was a little small in this area, so, you know. And I put a few extra little things on the wall, and and, uh, I I, I moved some things around. He He didn't treat it that way. And you know what? We shouldn't treat our own lives that way we've been given a pattern as well. Here's our pattern. It's whatever the Lord has said. In fact, Second uh, Timothy one three reads, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Paul writing to Timothy said, Hold fast the pattern of sound words. What are we kind of... to do these days or what are what's one of the traps people fall into they have the pattern and then they adjust it they fit it into their their liking the way they they want to do it Uh, what on earth have we today assumed the right to change from god's original pattern what's going on in our world today how many know people do it with salvation Salvation? they said, well, there's many roads, there's many ways, and they all lead to the same God. Well, that's not being faithful with the pattern. Jesus did not say that, and he said just the opposite of that. He said, remember, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. But people alter it. Well, if you'll do this, this, and this, and they add to what Jesus did on the cross, or they take away from the significance of it. What's happening here? It's unfaithfulness to doing things God's way. It's not continuing with the pattern. Amen. What, what are we? Uh, what, what about marriage? Do, do, have we in in our in our world, or at least in some places, uh, well, all places really around the world to some degree and some measure, have we taken God's original plan and said, "No, we're gonna we're gonna reform it, and we're gonna shape that in our image." Instead of in your image. We're going to do it according to what we think is best. Instead of what you said is the way. I think about it even even, even when it comes to things like food. And diet. And that, that type of thing. How many know the scriptures tell us in the last days people are going to start putting rules on you as to what you eat. They're going to tell you don't eat meat. And don't eat this. And, and, and it was written like thousands of years ago said, this is what's coming in the last days. See, the Lord says it one way, and then people come along and say, well, <laughs> we've figured out a better way. <laughs> we've got a better idea, a better plan, and now we've learned. You've learned more than Him? You've got greater insight and revelation, and has it gone beyond God's plan? No. Let's stay with the original. What does a faithful person do? They stay with the original. They don't break the pattern. They are, they know how to make an exact replica of the pattern in heaven. And whatever He says, whatever He shows, whatever He reveals for our lives, we say, I'm going to do it like that. That's my model. That's my foundation. That's how I'm going to do this. See, I don't have the option. When it comes to my own life, I don't have the option to not do what I'm doing. Uh, people, pe- people say, "Hey, pastor, are you ever going to do something else? you going to go and, uh, you know, I can't do that. This is not just a career choice. And I realize with some in, with some people, you know, there are some there is some flexibility there. But when 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 God says, then there's no flexibility anymore. I don't have say, don't, don't you want to do something else? No, I can't." I can't, not for a second, unless he told me. That's the only way. Why? Because I'm going to stand before him as to whether I was faithful or not. And I want to be, I must be, and you must be, faithful. There'll be a reward at the end of that. Do the right thing with what he's put in your hand. Do it his way. Amen. Praise God. We should trust Him that His ways are right. And His ways are best. You know how every now and then it seems like there's someone's going to do a new study with our tax dollars. New study. It cost $40 billion. And we discovered that water is wet. <laughs> Thank you for that discovery. <laughs> I mean that's an exaggeration obviously but so many times it's like you didn't need to do a study on this Uh, there was a verse and it was free 2 Timothy 3.16 reads all scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction for instruction in righteousness here's the point I need to let scripture, I need to let God's word to me Shape me, mold me, correct me, instruct me. In what way? The way of righteousness, not wrong right? My word, my idea, my plan might very well be wrong But His way will instruct me in righteousness. So I become the Plato and I let Him be the rock. Yeah? I become bendable, changeable, alterable, moldable, but I don't want to be the rock that the Lord can't move, that the Lord can't alter, the Lord can't shape, because my thinking is so set in stone. This is the way I've always been. This is the way my family taught me. This is the way my upbringing was. This is the way it is in my city, my country, my town. My This is the way. Stop. All Some of our ways are just wrong. It doesn't mean you're a horrible person, but... Let God shape you. Let him mold you, let him alter your thinking. Why? That's being faithful to the pattern. The pattern shown us, Moses got it on the mountain, the pattern shown us in his word or even by his spirit. Praise God. But whenever we're asking, if you're asking for God's direction, follow it. Yeah. It's very common for us have prayers that go like this. Lord, guide me. Lord, direct me. Lord, order my steps. Lord, lead me in the way I should go. Give me direction. But don't ask him to do that if you're not going to follow. Lord, show me what to do. Except that. Lord, show me what to do. And then you're going to do it the same way you wanted to do it. Lord, help me in my marriage. Help me to have a loving, strong, wonderful, you know, stable, godly marriage, and then you go ahead and do life like you were doing it before and still treat that person the same way. Am I being kind of hard right now? I'm just saying, if we're going to ask, follow through. I mean, if we put ourselves in the other position, what would it be like? Here they go again. Asking for me to guide them. Asking for me to direct them. Asking for me to lead them. And they're going to do their own thing anyway. Hallelujah. (laughs) Part of our faithfulness to God is demonstrated and shown in our faithfulness to others. Faithfulness to other people. Remember, we read last week from Luke 16, verse 12, where Jesus said, And if if you've not been faithful with that which is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Let's take a moment and consider and think about this. What is in your life that belongs to someone else? Someone else owns it, but you're using it, okay? And my mind goes to things like jobs. Many of us, probably most of us that work, uh, work for someone else. You might be a business owner or something like that as well, Uh, but work for someone else. Well, that belongs to someone else. Then that company, it belongs to another person. Um, if you rent a house or an apartment, that belongs to someone else. You're 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 renting it. Um, even di- talking about someone's time, when you do, you how do you take advantage of people's time that they give you? How you handle what is someone else's determines what God gives you. What comes into your life next? Um, when we talk about work, we talk about jobs. How many know simple simple things like this? But faithfulness really hangs in the balance. Do you give a person a full day's work for a full day's wage? You know, do you take liberty? Someone's paying you to be here uh, in an office to work this job or to accomplish these tasks. And half the time you're doing something else. Really taking advantage of that person who said, I'll pay you to accomplish such and such. That's being unfaithful. Everybody, everybody with me? Say that's pretty basic. I know this is kind of real life, though. Even if you're a believer, if you're, if you're a Christian, be faithful on your job. I remember one guy told me uh, he, his job was... In his job, he would teach... Um, classes on particular things. It was not a... He was not teaching Bible, teaching. It wasn't a Christian business per se. But his job was to speak to people. And God was moving in his life and doing some great things. And he was so excited about it. And he would get up there and start telling people. And they ended up speaking in tongues in front of his class. And he got fired. and uh, And told me, basically, well, implied that he was being persecuted. It's like, that's not persecution. That's you being unfaithful. I'm a tongue talker. I get that. I want to proclaim the Lord. I mean, that is my job. I get to. (laughs) But if you're hired to do something else, don't do that. And act like someone doesn't like it, you're being persecuted. They're not paying you to preach the gospel in that situation. Or to pray, you know. They're paying you to teach whatever that subject is, and being faithful means you're going to do that. I mean, we're, we're believers. I mean, we here's this is the atmosphere where we say, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Let's tell people the good news. Let's live a life. Let's be salt. And let's be light. Let's be an example to everyone around us. But how many know you have to use wisdom? Not every place is appropriate. Not every time is the right time to speak. Amen. And so we should watch that that we're not in the name of the Lord being unfaithful to people, being unfaithful with assignments and tasks that, that, that we've been uh, that that we've been given. Amen. If you rent a car, do you do you, do you kind of say oh, it's just a rental? And now you're jumping off hills and <laughs> <laughs> just uh, doesn't matter. It's just a rental. Well. It could be considered that which is another man's. It's someone else. And maybe us getting our own is tied to how we treat those things that are not ours. I know before life church could even exist, I had to be faithful with what was another man's. And the Lord sent me when I finished Bible college and he sent me to go work for another pastor and I had to be faithful there and I didn't at that time know that this would exist And what, but I knew that I had to be faithful and if my the calling on my life would ever be which I thought it did in the back of my mind but uh, you know it was many years away but I, my calling could never come to pass if I was not first faithful in that proving, proving ground and so the Lord sent me to be faithful uh, with another man's work and w- what does that mean? Well, if you're, working on a, if, if you're working for a business, meaning you're trying to make that business money just like if you were the owner. And, and me, in, the, in working in the church, I, you know, I needed to treat that as I want this thing to grow and reach people just as much as if I were the pastor, right? And when you're working for someone else, you have opportunities to be faithful because sometimes you're asked to do things you don't want to do. And that's where the rubber meets the road, huh? That's where that's where the challenge comes, and uh, when I studied to preach and minister, and I studied the Word, and I knew how to preach, pray, and prophesy by the unction, and I get to work in my first job in ministry, they say, we want you to, to run a food booth at the fair to, to make uh, money for the youth department. Yes, sir. I'll do that. and we'll do it with, <laughs> I'll do it with a smile. Faithfulness on the line. That's not, I could have said, "Well, excuse me, that's not my gift. I'm more of a vocal gift." <laughs> no, you do what's asked, and how you handle that determines what else takes place. You know. And then I remember uh, getting done. We had a Sunday services in Sunday morning, and uh, and then back then we had a service on Sunday night. It was a different kind of service, and and I was you know pretty new at some of these things and we get done with Sunday morning I'm thinking now we're going out to eat going home take a little nap you know maybe football that kind of stuff but as, as and in, upon leaving the service when the pastor says hey would you do the service tonight <laughs> yes there goes lunch and nap and football but <laughs> but yes I will <laughs> and then I would take the time and study and pray and seek God all day long, and come in because this is important. See, that's being faithful with something, even though inconvenient at times or difficult. Uh, I remember uh, several years ago. Um, I'm pointing at Joe here. You know all know Joe. A uh, bunch of us. Well, most of the staff. We were gone on a trip in in Colorado, and. Uh, Joe was here part time. He was work. He was roofing and stuff, and then come in and lead worship and and did the stuff. But he's not here all day. And and uh, but everyone else was on this trip. And we had planned for a Wednesday night service. Uh, we had some things planned with a guest speaker, and it didn't. Some things happened. It didn't work out real well. Joe had never. Am I right about this? Until that point, he had never spoken in a service. And. Uh, and, some, and I'm getting phone calls in Colorado going, oh, junk! everyone's here. Except Joe. So I call him and he's on a roof. This is on a Wednesday afternoon. I said, Joe, uh, <laughs> I need you to do the service tonight. <clears throat> Silence. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. He probably said, are you serious? <laughs> I say, yep. And uh, and I wouldn't have normally just done that to him. I'd give him more time. But it was in a, in a bind. And he stepped up, got off the roof, probably prayed <laughs> all the way down the ladder into the car. And uh, he came and did a great job and did the service that night. But what is that? I mean, that's uncomfortable. That's inconvenient. There's, But there's faithfulness when you say, hey, I'm here to serve someone else, and if they need it done, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Amen. And that's the way we we should approach the things of God. We approach our job. We approach our families. I'm going to give it the best I got. And to the the best that I know, I'm going to follow God's pattern in how I do it. Not just my way, His way. His pattern. Amen. Let me show you one more verse. A couple verses over in uh, 1 Corinthians 4. If you haven't turned, you're still there. Uh, but 1 Corinthians chapter 4, notice over here in, in verse uh, 14, 1 Corinthians four fourteen, Paul writing to the church at Corinth, he said, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers, For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. He's saying I'm your dad. I'm your spiritual dad to this this church. Verse 16. Therefore I urge you, imitate me. Now, Now think about that language. Imitate me. Paul said, you guys do it the exact way I would do it. Do it just like I do it. Paul's telling them, And, by the way, it doesn't say do it as Jesus would do it. He said do it as I would do it. Why? Well, because God had given him that position, that place he had begotten them. And, obviously, he was a godly and right example to follow. But he's saying, listen, you guys, do it the way I would do it. Imitate me. Then verse 17, for this reason. For what reason? The fact that you guys are supposed to do it the way I would do it. The way. The way. He said, For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. He said, Listen, guys, I'm giving you a pattern as to how you should live, as to how you conduct yourself, and because I want you to do this, I'm sending Timothy. Timothy is a faithful son. When he gets there, He's not coming with his own agenda, with his own message, with his own word. He's not trying to build his own mailing list. He's not just trying to prop himself up. If you'll listen to Timothy, he is going to remind you of my ways. That's powerful. Timothy is not there promoting himself. He's a faithful son to Paul. He's going to promote his ways. He said, the way I teach it everywhere the way I proclaim it everywhere, Timothy's going to bring that message to you so you could faithfully follow this word. Amen. And, and this is an area where we can ask ourselves how we are handling the things that have been uh, delegated to us. Um, Paul here, he could relax knowing that Timothy wasn't going to alter the message, the vision, the plan. And uh, people's people's faithfulness is often revealed in small things, cutting corners, altering the message just a little bit. It's a misrepresentation. You know, when someone says, hey, would you give this message, would you relay this to so-and-so, and And they give you a word, and then you tweak it just a little bit. Say, well, I improved it. Or, this is what they meant. That's being unfaithful. We want to be accurate. We want to stay with the pattern that the Lord has, has has given us. And if I could encourage you in any way in, in closing here today, um, there's a lot that rides on this. There's a lot that's on the line when it comes to our future and really how we impact other people around us. My faithfulness is really a big deal. And so I want, I want to be that. I want to be that person. I would encourage you put your hand to something if it's not already put your hand to something so you can be proven faithful yes your family yes your job yes your finances yes your time yes all this put your hand to something that's a part of God's kingdom where you are doing something for him in his name his way put your hand to something because when you do God is hes looking for an opportunity to use you. He's watching. He's paying attention so that He can take your life and make it something amazing and special and so you can stand before Him one day and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. If you're not doing anything presently for the kingdom of God, find something that you can put your hand to and giddy up and be faithful with it. Do it honorably. Do it in a godly way. If you're not already presently on our dream team here and serving and being a part of the kingdom of God by ministering in some capacity, then today, stay after service and come to the welcome lunch. Uh, Not the welcome lunch. The other lunch. (laughs) The 301 lunch. The dream team lunch. You can come, and we will help you. We will help you to, to to find a place to put your hand to the plow. You know, to put your hand uh, to work for God's kingdom. Once you do, and you're faithful with it, well, then He may put you somewhere else, may add to you, increase, promote. But your faithfulness is being noted in heaven. Amen. Praise God. Great things lie before us great things are ahead. And if as a church, as a body, we will be faithful with what God has given us to do, I tell you, it's a, it's a, there'll be wonderful rewards and great blessings all around.